to the bonus level. Hello again, and welcome back to the Bonus Level Podcast. I am Jack, and I have Josh with me. Hello. And uh, returning again this week, back by popular demand, Jacob Brown. That's debatable. Well, that's neither here nor there. Um, We got an overwhelming response on level 48, and uh, just basically forced us into this situation to bring you back for another week, uh, the week right after. So we were... We went through, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff uh, with morality last week on level forty-eight, and, and this level, we're going to get into, uh, you know, all kinds of fun stuff this week. And by fun, I mean we're going to be talking about survival scenarios and what it takes to be a survivor man. Now, I, I was being serious when I say back by popular demand, but more importantly, as someone that has lived in the Amazon rainforest. Mm-hmm. You have some insight into this topic, right, Jake? Yeah, I wasn't very good at it, though. <laughs> so we won't say that you're an expert. However, out of the three of us, you have lived in the most exotic places. I didn't die. You did not die. You came back. Right. And so uh, maybe your experience and your half expertise in these matters are, are going to help uh, further the discussion along. So... Uh, to give kind of a, a broad overview, we're going to go through um, our take on popular survival shows, what's real, what's not. We're going to take an actual survival skills quiz as if the three of us were stranded somewhere and we had to, to, to answer these questions to see if we would survive or if we would die. And then we're also going to talk about, you know, actual survival scenarios where like you think that you have the best chance for survival, right? Like, uh, you know, whether it be uh, cold, warm, tropics, plane crash, you know, boat sinking, et cetera. Right. So yeah. we're going to go through a little bit of that. So to start us off, um, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking as just uh, a, a male in general, and I don't want to like go down that road too far, but I like survival scenarios. I like talking about survival scenarios. I like thinking about post-apocalyptic things and you know worst case scenarios right is that that's not a just me thing right that's just I mean, like is a there general anything like, else to daydream about I, well that's debatable i mean you're just sitting there at work and you just imagine like something what happens zombies just <laughs> came through the, the <laughs> no the are we getting right wrong? what am i gonna do or yeah, yeah whatever that's yeah everything <laughs> worst case scenarios in general um Fun to think about, fun to watch movies on, TV shows, etc. Um, I think it like maybe it's just testosterone based, right? You like can kind of amps up that like, oh man, I could definitely survive. Or if I was in this situation, I would definitely be coming out on top. Yeah. Right. But we know that the real life isn't like the movies, isn't like TV, etc. So mm-hmm. uh, Jake, why don't you tell us? Um, I, I know again, you're, you were an <clears throat> expert at it, but you've seen like real roughing it conditions right like you've been in those places so give us more of like a uh an overview a broad overview of like what real roughing it looks like um in in like those scenarios yeah so for us uh early in the morning everybody got up we slept 
basically under the stars in the Amazon. And first thing first, you got to go get some bait because you are probably going to be looking for food for the rest of the day. So found crickets and grasshoppers, which uh, I'm pretty bad at catching, especially because you're having to grab into bushes and you can't see anything around. And everything you've heard about the Amazon is, all right, everything in the Amazon wants to kill you. So let me just stick my hand to this bush because I know there's a grasshopper there. And I've already seen tarantulas, but you know, don't worry about the tarantulas or the snakes or anything else. All right, well, whatever. So you have your grasshoppers. Uh, we rip the legs off because you can't have one of them jump away from you because then that's, you know, you don't have bait. And then basically for the next five hours, you're just going to be fishing, um, which was an amazing experience, but also uh, showed my last lack of fishing skills. But we were able to procure enough to make a meal. So then it's just eating and telling stories and uh, conserving energy and staying hydrated. I mean, that was pretty much it. I mean, it's it sounds kind of simple, but as long as you have a way to make a fire and a way to get some sort of food or water, you're not going to die. If right. You don't, if you don't exert yourself or like, hey, let me go explore this cave, you know, you'll be okay. <laughs> well, I mean, so, but there's a lot of like, tre- like uh, trees as far as, I don't mean like physical trees, but I mean like paths that we're going to take out from each one of those scenarios though, right? Like we're, we're fishing for five hours. We're finding bait and fishing and then cooking, making a fire, but that's all dependent on the weather being good, right? It's not raining, right? Um, it's not like it hasn't been raining for a week. So not everything's not mud, uh, you know, things like that. So in those situations, you know, obviously every single day, dependent on the weather, dependent on circumstances, isn't going to be, you wake up, you get bait, you you fish, you eat, you make a fire, you go to sleep. Right. Right. I mean, I, I ate plenty of bugs on the trip. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like what kind, what are we talking about? Uh, like usually they would eat these, uh, big, uh, yellowish grubs. They were the most, I don't, okay. Imagine if you packaged a zit, but in like, <laughs> like an inch long worm with a giant head that wanted to bite you. All right. Okay. But the skin was like leathery tough. So you had to like dig at Chew it into and it. then it yeah. burst open like curd milk. Okay. And then well, uh, the so taste. What does it taste like? Yeah. Yeah, exactly like you think that. <laughs> As it would taste like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you got you to gotta get your protein. You got to get your food. Um, and, you know, on the days that are good, you got to make the most of it. I mean, I remember we were just in the boat and heading back to camp. And we passed by uh, one of the villages and there was like a four-year-old boy who was fishing out on the dock. Mm-hmm. And he was just fish after fish. And he would get the fish up, it, bigger than any fish I caught while I was there, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he would just take the string and then smack the fish, knock it out, put it, hook it, throw another line out. It was, it was incredible. So it was like, okay, you got to stockpile, be ready for the future. 
Okay, so then and then that begs the question of like, all right, so the you catch twelve fish in one day. You're not eating all twelve fish. How do you keep the fish okay? Uh, well, I mean, fortunately they've been there long enough. I mean, they had some preserving ways with different leaves and maybe is some it salt like or is it like leaves and salt or like what is what, yeah? I'm not sure exactly what was the spice. I mean, they had some of the amenities that you would normally see, like. One of them had a gun, though we never used the gun while we were there. But it was sort of just in case, you know, there was like a jaguar or something like that. Okay. But, um, yeah. So so then a little bit further as far as like at your camp, because we're talking about, you know, you guys were out in the rainforest for how many days? Because that's away uh, from the camp. Five and a half, basically like... Okay, so almost four, a week. Four nights. Four nights. Yeah. What was the purpose of going out? Just to be out there? Yeah, just, I mean, there was an opportunity to stay in the Amazon. Like you said, you daydream about these survival things. I wanted to do it. Okay. And it, it was an opportunity. My friend was living in Colombia, and he had uh, some connections of, uh, I guess, sort of a tour thing, but it was not a tour thing, as in we we <laughs> went to like a, a tourist yeah. attraction, right? Yeah, it's like, no, it uh, it was probably like two hours away from the tourist e kind of place. But even that was for most people would be rough. But like when we got to our campsite, there was nothing. We cut down logs. We had like a little like tarp roof but more it was just like a mosquito net Mm -hmm. and then we hung up some just cloth hammocks and then put some tarp downs because if you put any bags on the ground they'll be covered in bugs which happened to my friend on the first night and he was very upset because it was covered like i've never seen so many bugs in a backpack like it was insane it was in his underwear it's like it's just because it's dark and it's a place to like crawl inside something I think there's just that many bugs there. Okay. Yeah. So so you put tarps down. So how did the, why did the tarps keep bugs off? Uh, don't know. Don't know. Yeah. There was a, a lot of stuff lost in translation because uh, obviously English wasn't their the native sure. language. My friend spoke Spanish, uh, which he could translate. But even that was their – Spanish was their second language. So yeah. uh, And then my Spanish is not – good enough if I'm speaking to somebody whose second language is, is that. So, right. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I think it was more, if they're coming from the ground, it was a little bit more awkward to walk on it for the bugs and. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what did you bring with you to like situation like that? So you're staying at a camp, like an actual camp that's away from, you're, you went to a campsite that's away from your actual camp. So what did right. you bring with you? So I had a multi-tool, which I, I just I didn't really have to bring. Uh, I brought a water filter, but we ended up, uh, we brought a jug of water that you know, we uh, were able to be used for all of us. Um, I, I was really worried about like what sort of clothing I would actually need because I knew it was super hot, but also super wet and uh, rain boots. If you go to the Amazon, rain boots, okay? Like the big rubber rain boots. Anybody that goes down there, you don't want any of the other ones. 
I mean, you're going to go like knee high in mud half the time. So rain boots are a must because they're easy to clean off. They're easy to just dump in the water or whatever and dry them out. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, like the people who actually live there, they're like in shorts, no shirt, just like, meh, it's fine. They're barefoot half the time or most of the time. So, so is it something with just being born there? Like they don't get yeah. bit by mosquitoes and they don't, they're not like, they're just impervious to the. They're, they're not impervious. Elements. I mean, they're just, they're used to it. And, um, well, I, yeah, I'll, let me tell you some, some stories. So for example, <laughs> uh, Heigl, who was our, our main guide. Well, there was two Heigl's. There was big Heigl and little Heigl. All right. So Big Heigl, he was our main one, and he was basically the hunter for his village. Well, one of many. And um, so he talked about one time, uh, it was late at night, it was dark, he was walking around, and a tarantula crawled on him. And he didn't know what it was because it was dark, and he just brushed it off. But as you may know, you know, they shoot out their bristles, which cause like an irritation, sort of like a rash. Yeah, for sure. Whole side of his body was just covered in rash, and he's like a two day hike from back home. And I mean, they they get it too. However, they're much less likely to have these things happen than it would be for me, who hasn't seen anything. Um, Another example of this is when we were coming back from a fishing trip, and you the um, the river. I think they said. In the course of a day, the river can rise or fall a hundred meters. Wow. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but regardless from what I saw, I think that's true. Like islands are there and then they're gone. So being able to understand sort of the landscape, even with all that, is incredible. So we're we're coming back from a fishing trip, and uh, he stops a boat, and everybody's like pointing. Well, him, Heigl, big Heigl and little Heigl, they're pointing over uh, at the spot and they're like, oh, there was pigs here. And uh, it, they were like, oh, a couple of them already passed and swam across the river. And don't worry, if we stay here, the rest of the pigs will come across the river. And we're like, I'm just seeing the side of a cliff. I don't see <laughs> anything. There's just some trees or whatever. It's like, what are you talking about? All right. So we're waiting there and then we see another boat come by and then they're all pointing at the exact same spot, yelling. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we know, we know. Uh, and we're just like, uh, my buddy Brian and I, we're just looking at each other like, what are they talking about? Sure enough, like an hour later, like 20 pigs just start slide down that exact same spot of the thing mm-hmm. that they pointed out, swam across. I would have never known that. Like, So how did they know? I have no idea. They just like... Oh, oh, like that that leaf was turned the wrong way. I don't know. Like, yeah, like you know how do I mean? they look at a track like that or, or evidence, and they can they can tell that only half of the pack of pigs right. went through there. When everything looks like it's just been washed over by like a giant rain, like how do you track something after a huge rain? It's you have to live it, I and think, obviously they lived it their whole life. So I, I think the 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 real lesson there is that there was a big production, and they. They were just showing off. They had like other friends with a with like a, <laughs> like a penned up pack of right. pigs, and they just sent them down the hill for you to like. Well, make them- yeah, I mean that caught, that crossed their mind, but um, they didn't have. I mean, the the whole 
once we uh, actually went back to the village, the whole village was like super, the, the mood had changed. They were all super excited. And they're like, oh, we haven't had a pig in a while. We're super excited. We know all these pigs are there. And that night, a lot of them, and actually that next morning, even like one of the kids had like a little piglet on the string. I had a little video of that. And um, so I, it it wasn't, it wasn't that. Cause actually because of like deforestation, different things, uh, like I said, uh, when Heigl had to go and he had like a two day hike back, it's like, they're having to go further and further to actually hunt for food. So they're not going to put a whole big show on just for two people. Cause no, it was right. just yeah. me and Brian on the, it wasn't like, Oh, there's these 20 people. There's this German couple and this French, you know, no, 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 just me and Brian. So, <laughs> <laughs> So I don't think they would put on a show with 20 pigs across the river uh, just for us. Sure. But yeah. And yeah. And obviously I'm being facetious there. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's just, uh, it, yeah, it's amazing that, you know, the difference in experience and what that means for, and that's exactly what we're talking about for survival. So, I mean, <clears throat> obviously you had probably even as rough as that was, it could have been a lot rougher. Like we're not talking about survival scenario, right? In that aspect, you were just kind of roughing it for a week in the jungle. Yeah, right. For, for sure. Like yeah. if you put another week or if you took the guides out of it, Brian and I would be dead in like two days for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So that's, so that's actually where, where I was going with that. Cause like Josh, so you've been listening to this and you, obviously, you know, well, most of these stories anyway, but mm-hmm. if you put yourself in, first of all, putting yourself in, in Jake's shoes, do you think that you a would want to do that same thing and B could like do those things of eating the grubs and, you know, catching the, the bugs and then, and then fishing. Yeah. In a non-survival scenario, in a scenario where, like, I just want to go rough it for a week. Oh, no. I love that kind of stuff. I have not done much camping in a long time, and it bums me out. Like, back in college, there was a lot of camping trips. Usually, you know, two, three times a year, we would go camping. Um, I remember even one time, Rob and I went camping, and normally we would just, you know, go up to the mountains near us and then stay like a weekend or something like that. But we had one time where Rob and I um, decided we weren't going to take anything except for one bag of rice, you know, from like the grocery store or whatever. We're like, worst case scenario, we need to eat something. We have a pot with some water. We'll boil some rice and we'll be able to eat some rice. But other than that, the only thing we're going to eat is what we found out here. And so basically the only things that, I mean, cause this was like a public camping spot. So the only thing we found were like worms and snails. Oh so we gosh. tossed them in the water, we boiled them and then ate them. Oh and, my gosh. I mean, how'd that taste? They taste exactly like dirt. Yeah. Worms taste 100% like dirt. Even if you boil them for 20 minutes. So <laughs> Mine were still wiggling. Oh, uh, you ate them alive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, have you seen? It's on my Instagram. You should see this thing, how big they are. <laughs> They're terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not like a wuss or anything, but something. <laughs> <laughs> I love what's coming next, by the way. <laughs> something... I'm not a wuss, but. Something weirds me out about biting into a 
<laughs> a gross gut filled worm, man. I don't know what it is. The thought of like biting into it and just having it kind of like like that little pop mm-hmm. inside your mouth. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, yeah, you're not supposed to enjoy that. That's like it. I mean, yeah, but you still want to do it. You want to experience it. No, see, that's 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 what separates me from you. Is as much as I'd like to camp out in the Amazon, unless it's a survival situation, like I don't really want to eat a bug. You know, that just like, I mean, the grubs are definitely some of the the worst sounding things. But like, yeah, like would I'll you catch ever a fish. like a cricket or a grasshopper or, you know, have you ever had any of those? No, no. It goes back to exactly what I just said. Like, unless uh, see, I need like chocolate covered tr- crickets and grasshoppers. No, unless, and stuff. unless I need it to survive. Like, I have no reason. I watch my I watch my spiders eat crickets, man. Like, yeah, they're, they smell disgusting. OK, <laughs> no, I have no desire to eat one just to be like yeah i was roughing it i ate a cricket yeah like no i well, i i'll catch I'll, a fish or you know you know well yeah. Yeah, there was that there was that too and absolutely but i mean like even when i was at restaurants in korea there's like this you know oh, how, like know. mexican yeah, places yeah. have like chips they have these like little like silkworms right and my friends were just popping them obviously you got to try it because, I mean, if your friends are all like, oh, these are really good. It's like, well, I should at least give it a try. You know, when in Rome. How does it taste? It was horrible. Right. <laughs> it was awful. Right. But, right, right. but I am a better person <laughs> because I tried it. No, and now well, I know. And now yeah. I know. Because, like, there's been plenty of things I've tried that I thought I would not like that I end up loving. Sure. And that's and I, it's definitely cultural, right? It's because, like... I grew up and it was like, I will never eat snails. I'll never eat octopus. Like I'm not eating, you know, raw fish, blah, blah, blah. Like I was growing up. That's just how I was raised. But like, as soon as I, you know, could think for myself, I was like, oh yeah, why not? I was, I think the first time I tried snails, I was like with my aunt and uncle and they were like, we were at an expensive restaurant and they're like, oh yeah, we're getting, we're getting, uh, you know, snails and we're getting a calamari. We're getting escargot. We're getting this. And I'm just like, Okay, like, and then I'm in a survival situation <laughs> because wow. it's like, because it's like, thing. you either you either eat it and like play along, or you like chicken out and you you know you Start waste to death before breakfast, and you waste it because it's like, well, they're they're buying it and it's expensive. Yeah. Like, you don't want to insult them, so I did it. And the first time I had a snail, I was like, this is like a stuffed mushroom. How have I not been eating this all my life? This is yeah. great. Mm-hmm. It tastes amazing. And then, like the calamari was fried, so it was like onion rings. Oh, I'm like, this tastes calamari. Mm, I'm like, this tastes great. Like, why? Why did I think that I was not like this? Like, it's a little rubbery, but like, it tastes good. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just perception, right? So maybe chocolate covered crickets are the same way. I don't think that would be the case. I don't want to eat a cricket, and I <laughs> and again, I stress the fact that if unless I'm dying, I'm not popping crickets and you know bugs worms grubs in my mouth unless i'm like look it's either this or i die and i'm like well i don't want to die so i'll eat this even though it's going to be disgusting no i completely agree i want to also add that it's not like the taste it stays with you forever it's like you eat it nothing does yeah so it's just like you try it's like okay worst case scenario you get food poisoning. 
<laughs> right? But which is terrible, by the most, way. Most most yeah. likely, like worst case scenario, it tastes bad for like what five minutes. You have a taste in your mouth if you can't wash it out fast enough. Maybe so five minutes of your life of just smelling or tasting something bad is worth you just never even trying it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'll tell you why. So let me give you some background. I, and maybe this has a lot to do with, you know, my decisions as far as this stuff goes though. But as a child, I was forced to eat Brussels sprouts. Okay. Mm -hmm. Forced. I'm saying like, I was not allowed to leave the table. I would sit at the, at the dinner table for six hours because I just would not, I would refuse to eat them. Right. Um, such a jack thing so, to do <laughs> so much what to sit there and not eat them yeah uh, <laughs> I so, don't have time for that come on <laughs> six hours for that five minute of taste it it was so revolting to me that even today I'm getting there oh, so okay. when I was when I was growing up I would sit there for hours and it actually the, that that scarred me to the point where now if somebody makes them or mentions that they're making them, I actually like. I feel the physical like n- nausea. Like I want to, I want to throw up. Oh if God. if I like am around them, I smell them. Somebody talks about cooking them, I will like literally get that like oh, oh don't please stop. Like that's what will happen to that's me. So, crazy. so I love Brussels sprouts. Stop! Don't we? See, we don't need to do that. We don't need to. We don't need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. But. It, that's kind of where I'm at with certain things. So for me, like trying something versus not trying something, if I relate it to anything that could be nausea inducing, I, I, it's not like a make or break for me. Like I'm not going to like, Oh, I'm missing life experience. If I don't eat a cricket, like, I'm good. yeah. Okay. I have a, I have a question that actually pre- pertains to our topic. Sure. Sure. So, I think one thing that's also important is you said you were not going to eat it unless it's like a survival thing for you. So at what point does it become for survival? Because in my opinion, if you eat it right away, so you have that energy before waiting till you're starving to eat it Mm -hmm. is a way better survival. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, obviously big part of, so any survival technique or tactic is to keep what to keep your energy up. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to be so weak that you can't move and I have hunger, thirst, whatever it might be. Like so, yeah. I mean, in a survival situation, it depends on the scenario, right? It depends on location. It depends on circumstance. I think that if you know, if I'm stranded in the rainforest, right, and I don't have a fishing pole or anything sharp that I know for sure I'm going to catch a fish or uh, you know, a rodent or a bird or something like that. And I know for sure then I'm going to start, I'm going to be foraging, right? Like you said, you catching bait, maybe you can, you know, make some sort of fishing pole, whatever it might be, um, you know, and you're going to use that bait. But at the same time, you, you need that energy. So I think that as soon as you're in a life or death situation, regardless of time frame. I think that that's whenever all the bets are off. Yeah. Like you stumble out of the airplane that's just crashed. You're in the right. Amazon. You're in a survival situation. By right day then. two, you're starting to eat some crickets. Yeah. At the, at, at, the, at the latest, maybe even that evening. Like if you need to eat and you still haven't found anything, you know, it's, it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm a little hungry to be like, I'm literally starting to starve. 
you know? Yeah. All right. Let me, let me throw this scenario at you. You're going hiking or camping with some friends. Yeah. And you step off the path a little bit by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you find yourself one hour. You can't find anyone. At what point do you start eating grubs? Uh, where where are we hiking or camping? Uh, let's say, let's say in the Amazon. We've been in the Amazon so far. Okay, we're in the Amazon. So we're, we're in the Amazon. You're hiking with some friends, but you get separated, and it's been about an hour, and you haven't found um, your way back, and you haven't heard. If it's been an there. hour and I haven't heard from them and I can't reach them on my sat phone that I'm sure that I have, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm upset. I'm probably, I'm a, probably a p- approaching like full survivor man mode. Like I've probably already cut my pants in half. One's tied, like one leg is tied around my head, like as a bandana. Mm-hmm. I've, I've probably already fashioned the other leg as like some sort of makeshift tent somewhere. Um, Pants legs no. are really nice, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my legs covered. <laughs> no, um, I think that, yeah, I mean, if it's already been an hour and you can't find them, I mean, you're still, you want to stay positive and try to, like, maintain rationale, right? Like, maintain some sort of logistical approach to what you're doing and not mm. just, like, wandering in circles. But at the same time, like, you have to start thinking preparing planning i mean i think that's the whole point of or uh, our discussion or or part of the survival is not panicking and not just being like like wow one hour in i'm not just gonna be like starting to dig up grubs like i don't you know what i mean it's an hour right i think by it depends on the time grub are you gonna save it it. no no i think you you definitely keep it because either you're saving it to catch something bigger right a bird or something else a fish um, or you can then eat it later because they're not going to die in a few hours, right? Like outside of the outside of dirt. So yeah, I definitely think you come across anything useful. You're already starting to forage. You already have that in mind. You're already thinking about it. Um, so I think it's it's important. Hopefully, though, again, sat phone. You know, so they're going to come find me, or I'm going to get through because yeah. we're we're not talking about again plane crash. You're disoriented, stumbling out of the wreckage, and you know we're in a lost scenario where, like, you're using you know part of the fuselage as like a tent, and you're building a shelter and stuff. Yeah. Although I think definitely very different examples. It's 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 funny to like uh, to think about this too because um, you guys have seen the um, the movie The Village, right? Correct. Yeah. So obviously, it's not a survival scenario, but. The spoiler, if you haven't seen the village at the end, they're living in like a compound, right? Right. In like mm-hmm. a state for- like forest. So they're literally, you know, a quarter mile, a mile away from a major road through a forest that mm-hmm. they you know, could like somebody could stumble over the wall and find the real civilization. So my fear in those those scenarios is like never like not going far enough or not like going the right direction to find what could be like like uh, help or civilization yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like say you you're in a plane crash and you have no idea where you are. You're disoriented, you know, wreckage everywhere, stuff's on fire. And it's like, all right, so for the night or for that day, you set up a camp and like, you want to, you know, make sure that you're okay. You have food, whatever it might be. But then like uh, the next day, you're going to start like surveying the area, like seeing yeah. where you are. Like you're going to try to, you know, if nobody has showed up 
rescue wise yet. Like you want to try to, you know, see where you're at. So if you go north, say you go north a day's hike and back, nothing. And then you go like east, day's hike and back and like south. But maybe you needed to go northeast a day's hike and like there's a, a village or, you know what I mean? Like eventually you mm-hmm. would think that you would explore as much as you possibly can. You might run into it. But how long are you actually surviving? Like that's really, you know what I mean? Like what if you just pick the wrong direction or you go a day's hike in one direction and civilization and safety was a day and a half hike and you just didn't go far enough. You know what I mean? I would never hike uh, a day's hike away from where I knew somebody knew that I might be. That like, would, like a plane crash scenario. Yeah, yeah. I would stay as close to the plane as possible for as long as I could. Hmm. So are you guys familiar with the, uh, the book? Is it the hatchet? Hatchet. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Hatchet, yeah. Gary so, Paulson. Is that right? Right. Right. So, what? The plane crashes in the lake. Mm-hmm. He stays close to the plane for a super long time. Does he leave at the end, or does he I get rescued? I don't remember. I read it. It's been a long time since I read that. Yeah. It's been a long time <laughs> since I read that book too. Yeah. But I always remember the, the scariest part of that that story in that book was when he had to go back to the plane. You guys remember when he went back to the plane, swam out to the lake, swam down. And the pilot was in there, the dead, the dead body. Yeah. Super scary. Right. Because that was like, that was the only other person that he was with. And then mm-hmm. they're like dead body in the lake. Um, but again, I, I see what you're saying, Jake, though, is like staying close to the thing. But my point is like, what if it's a private plane, no black box, no transponder. They have no idea where it is. You're just in the middle of a forest. Like you, maybe you know like the direction that you were headed. So you have an idea bearing wise, like how long oh, you were in the air for an hour. The, you know, plane goes however, you know, 100 miles an hour, whatever it might be. This is how far I think I am. So I might be right around here, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, do you still stay with the plane? And how long do you stay there? Well, oh, you've already broken like five rules of survival in that scenario. <laughs> yeah. Let me just go to some remote place and not tell anybody about where we're going whatsoever. No, no, I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm not oh. saying that. I'm not saying, okay. say it's like a, say it's a private plane and you're flying from Denver to, uh, Juneau in Alaska. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, it's, it's not a super long plane, right? But it's a couple hours, yeah. probably like what, like six, seven hours. Yeah. Um, maybe a little less depending on the speed of the plane, but like, all right, so you got the the destination and the flight path, but like maybe the plane, whatever, loses an engine and goes off course. I mean, yeah, they have an idea, but what's the time frame of them actually finding the plane? How long do you stay at the camp? You know, you see, you already survived the plane crash, you know, do you, do you look for civilization? I guess it depends on what kind of, um, supplies you have right like do you have mm. something that you can cut with that you can kill with you know whatever it might be right so i'm curious what survival book has ever said leave the spot that you're in because everywhere in the world that i've been talking to people all over have said if you are lost stay still regardless if you started going a direction or whatever stay still like there's been so many times that search parties and different ones have kind of looked for somebody and then they couldn't find them because that person tried to find those, 
the lost person tried to find the people that were trying to find them. No, and I understand that. Like literally, I'm pretty sure that is rule number one of survival: is stay still, like don't go too far away. But what? But what are the? What are the? uh, Um. What are the lengths of that, though? Like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about within eyesight, within an uh, you know a fifteen minute walk? Like, you're eventually, whether it's day one, day two, week two, whatever it might be, yeah. you're going to exhaust I mean, your supplies is, in the area. Is, yes, obviously. Okay, if there is a lake nearby, you know, and there is no water, yeah, all right. But literally, do not go far away from a place that you know that people could find you or that would look for you. And I think that while that might be rule number one, I think that there, there obviously has to be a caveat to that. And obviously has to be um, kind of like a side note or like it's circumstantial, right? Like it has to be. Yeah. I mean, obviously, but if you're saying that, okay, you're going to the most remote place imaginable and that nobody knows that you're going to be there. Okay then I can maybe think of some scenario. However, that scenario is like hard to even fathom because most likely if it's a plane crash, even the wreckage will, you know, have some sort of uh, mark on the land that you'd be able to see for the most part. So that would be a good place. I mean, maybe if there's a mountain nearby, getting to the top of that if you think there's good visibility but stay generally in the same spot i think hiking from day to day or hiking a mile out or not a mile sorry a day's hike out and a day's hike back i've gone i've gone on 30 minute hikes and i was pretty confused on my way to get back a full day hike and then try to get back seems really 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 well i would also hope that you know you're you're leaving some you know some sort of clues behind you know whatever whatever it might be to right so okay imagine you go on your day hike and for whatever reason it gets really cloudy and dark you can't see anything that you left or it rains and knocks whatever you had as your trail markers are gone well then 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 you're just screwed right so why not not be screwed and stay still well i'll tell you why all right so the flip side of that in that that is a great rule if you're lost and people are coming to find you whatever mm-hmm. and you know that they can find you however again back to my scenario what if you the plane crashes and it's legitimately like say it crashes in the amazon and it's literally 30 minutes a 30 minute hike from a campsite that is heavily traveled by fishing boats and like you know, it's like a, a major like inroad river that goes from the major town to this like little village. And it's literally 30 minutes away, but you don't want to leave because like you are hoping somebody's going to come rescue you at your campsite. And you don't, and you just, it's right over there and you don't know mm-hmm. it, but you don't, you can't find it because you don't, you don't leave the crash site. Yeah. I, I still think even in that scenario that if there's a place close enough, right, they would have heard a crash or known something's up or would have heard reports about it in that thing. And they would come looking for you. It's better that they look for you than you look for them, especially it's so easy to get turned around 
in in the wilderness. So easy, especially if you're going somewhere that you haven't been before, which right. is the scenario you're putting up. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think you just accept your new fate. You become a mountain man. <laughs> you just decide that this is my new home, and you just live there for the rest of your life until someone comes and finds you. See, and that's funny because, like, I think that that would make for like a really good like sur- like a horror survival fantasy movie where like the you know plane is crashing whatever crashes in the in the ocean and you know you you wash up on shore right yeah and you're like mid survival panic and you like you make a shelter in a cave and you're you make a fire and it's all tom hanks like it's when he finally got the you know the fire going and you know that whole thing you know you get the ice skate and then you pull out your your tooth and it's just like this massive you know one you know one month survival thing blah 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 whatever and, and you, you're just you, you've run out of food and you can't fish anymore and you just all you got all these health issues and then all, you find out the like if you just would have went over the top of the hill where the beach is it's like it's ho- like hawaii and there's like a major resort right there yeah you know, it's like it's literally uh, 200 yards away but you just like never went that you just didn't go over there because you were hoping somebody was going to come up from the sh- the sea like to, to go where the wreckage was or whatever and like it just turns out you were just right there and they thought everybody was dead from the plane crash yeah that's that would be, that'd be scary don't right, say it's an impossibility no no no. i said it's a possibility oh possibility okay. yeah all right jack <laughs> i thought you said it, it's an impossibility it's i just assumed that you're going to disagree with me i'm sorry well i am a disagreeing but i'm just saying it's a higher possibility that you will get lost on your way trying to look for something while other people are trying to find you. So what you're saying, and like, we even looked up what is basically the first rule if you are stranded somewhere. And what is it, Josh? Um, have a positive mental attitude. Check. PMA. PMA. Yeah. And then uh, it says the idea is to stay put when you realize that you're lost. Mm-hmm. Don't try to backtrack. Don't panic. What I think would kind of go along with both of what you guys are saying. So you crash land in a place, you're there, you build your camp and everything. And every day you can do some exploration. You can learn your surroundings. You can learn what's near. I mean, especially like if you land someplace and there's not water nearby, you're going to have to venture out looking for water. Um, even if it's not a village or something like that, you have to be able to find some resources. But the longer you're there, let's say that you've survived there a week, you're going to know your surroundings pretty well that you can venture out further without getting lost. Just the same way that I can go deep in the woods in my backyard and not be able to see a single house back there. I could spin around, my eyes closed, everything, open my eyes, and I know exactly how to get back to my house just because I've been in those woods so many times I know everything very well. And I think that the same kind of thing would happen after you were there for a while, you would start building these landmarks and these places in your head that you would recognize and be familiar with that you could venture out a little bit further here and there and still be very comfortable getting back home. I think what Jake's more saying is like, you know, the day after you crash there going like, all right, I'm packing up all my stuff and I'm going to walk, <laughs> you know, six yeah. hours in one direction that's probably not your best idea because now you're lost in that area. Nowhere near where anyone's going to be looking for you. Where if you kind of build your base and then work outward to, from there, that seems like it would be the, I guess, the best use of your 
time. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I think the, the lesson or the, um, the thing you got to stick to is that you're playing the odds, right? So Jake, you're saying that it's possible that you could be right next to a, you know, a five-star resort and you can be saved, but it's more likely that you're going to get lost and not rescued if you go searching for that five-star resort. So therefore, you know, you play higher percentage by staying close to the, to the camp uh, for as long as you possibly can, right? That, that's what you're getting at. Well, yeah. And on top of that, think about the amount of energy you're wasting hiking all this. And that's time that's spent away from gathering food and resources. Yeah. Because if, if you say, oh, it's a day hike, but I'm going to do all this other stuff, then uh, that seems very unlikely sure. that you'll be able to do all that. At once and oh, uh, so I, I want to actually take a step back because I told a little bit about my experience, my li- very very limited experience hiking or you know being in wilderness. So so Jack, what sort of experience in the wilderness do you have? <laughs> um, so uh, as far as actual survival scenario, very little. Uh, however, I'm pretty um, experienced with you know, your regular camping, um, hunting, fishing, building a fire, you know, cooking all over the fire, like things like that. So, um, aside from, you know, basic camping and camp scenario, survival, woods, hiking, etc., my survival experience itself comes from TV shows like man versus wild and survivor man. And, uh, you know, and all of the reality television that shows us a perfect picture of what it is to survive on your own with nothing but a Bowie knife. So this actually is reminds me of something that my brother told me when we were very young. So I was probably around eight. Maybe Josh was, you know, a few years older and we got in a skateboard and I wanted to learn how to do an ollie. And Josh like, don't worry. I know how to do it. I saw a video. <laughs> Or I watch the thing and I know exactly how to do it. And I say, can you do it? No, but I know exactly how you do it because I saw this thing. <laughs> yes. And that is what I just heard from you. <laughs> so yeah, no, correct sure. me if I'm wrong because I'm, I'm in no way I'm saying I'm a survival guru or any of the sorts. Um, but yeah, I I love these shows. However... I think if you haven't done them. No. Yeah. If you haven't lived it, I don't think that it's, it's going to even remotely compare. I think that in general, just like kind of like boy scouts, right? Like I wasn't a boy scout, but like boy scout handbook, I had a boy scout handbook and, you know, I like the idea of having like regimented rules like zombie land, right? Where the, you know, he has his, his rules and he follows his rules to a T. I think that having uh, as much knowledge and information while it is not as good as actual experience, it is better than having neither, right? Like Correct. Going yeah. into a situation with no survivor ex- survival experience, like that that's whatever. Like you still have to survive. If you have experience, that's great. That's awesome. You're going to be a step ahead of everybody else. If you have knowledge about it, if you have a brain and you ha- you can use logic and reasoning, great then you have a better chance than somebody just gets thrown into it. That's never, you know, that's never touched a knife in their life. Like they, they have no idea the first thing about um, making a fire or, you know, 
anything, right? Like they're going to be dead in a day. Um, so I think that any of that is helpful. And yeah, I mean, I definitely have never been in a survival scenario where I was like, man, I might not make it out of this. I need to do X, Y, Z to live. Um, you know, obviously being here in America, we have a lot of privileges, right? Like we don't have to worry about that kind of thing for the most part. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, but those shows, and I'm glad that you kind of like brought that up is because they're fun to watch, right? Movies and TV survival, uh, shows, um, apocalyptic shows, any of those scenarios, I'm super fascinated by them because I like to see people's decisions and I like to be condescending and be like, that was stupid. You're going to die. Like when you watch it. Um, so like man versus wild, we talked about bear grills a little bit before the show and you know, like that was my favorite one. And then survivor man kind of popped up and I was like, kind of, which is kind of weird because like he was recording himself and it kind of made it look like, it always made it look like it was more authentic than Bear Grylls because Bear Grylls' show like had a camera crew. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, well, you know, sir, you're probably, you know, sleeping in a sleeping bag on a, you know, on a blow up mattress like every well, night. He, in, in he was tent. though. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my, that's, and that's my point is it was like, so it's like, you know, that it's not as authentic, but I liked him better than I liked the survivor man guy, because as much as, you know, it was like reality TV and it was set up. He not only had like really extensive, cool background, but he also, you know, did the things of eating the bugs and doing the drinking the pee, <laughs> like, you know, like all of that stuff. Like he, he did it and you watched him do it and you're just like, Oh my God, that's disgusting. Um, so as much as it is, you have that like line of reality versus what's real. He had a lot of really good information. And I think that most of what you learn from shows like that, while you know that it's, he's not really in a life or death situation, you know that that's like solid information. Like you can use that to help yourself Correct. in a lot of ways. So right? how long after you are stranded, do you start drinking your own pee? When you run out of water, of course. Okay. If you can't find water, you don't have a water do you, source. Do you start bottling your pee from the very first time you crash land? No. Just in case? Although, that might not be a bad idea, because if you're not drinking water, you're probably not peeing a lot. Mm-hmm. So, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I don't know. My love... For survival stuff started much younger with much younger before before man versus wild oh yeah oh yeah like um reading hatchet as a child i was probably 10 when i read that um swiss family robinson that one was always a, a personal favorite any kind of movie or television show of there was all kinds of kids getting stranded in trap places in movies as kids that like, I really became obsessed with that kind of stuff. Like with Castaway and all that, like mm-hmm. was fascinating, even though like Castaway, I think that even came out when I was like 15 or 16. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. It's not that old. Cause you and I really? are the same. Are we the same age? I think so. We're close. I feel like it was a long time ago, but it wasn't yeah, like 2000. I felt like it was like 2000. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we it was 15. 15. Yeah, we were Nailed 15. Okay. <laughs> uh, nice job. All right. All right. All right. 
But yeah, like the the Swiss Family Robinson, you know, just getting shipwrecked and landing on a deserted island yeah. and treasure doing island. what they had to to survive. Even though that was more about like accepting, oh, this is where our life is now and doing that kind of stuff. And it it wasn't like like the reality shows that we have now definitely show the grittier side to surviving in the wild instead of like the Disney family that shipwrecked on an island that caught an ostrich and a zebra and decided to race (laughs) them and that kind of stuff. Like the, the craziest that I've seen though, the stuff that I didn't really think about when I watch shows like naked and afraid and all those are the bugs, different places and getting eaten up by like mites or, you know, uh, mosquitoes or whatever it is, those type things are just absolutely insane. Or um, one of the the more surprising ones. So I think it was episode three of Naked and Afraid. I was going back and rewatching some of them. Um, I believe they're in the Maldives, which is you know right off the coast of India, mm-hmm. and. There, I mean, it's just this gorgeous island, tropical island that they're on. The water is just gorgeous, clear blue. Uh, you know, everything looks so amazing. Well, they, you know, get put on like this tiny little island. And so like the start of their journey is they have to swim over to the big island. Um, and that's where they're going to camp out for the night. And it's, I can't remember, like an hour long swim or something like that. So, I mean, it was like a a decent amount of time that they had to be in the water to get over there. It may have been a little bit less, but, um, and it was, it was quite a task to have to get over there. Well, once they get over there, the guy is so sunburned that he gets sun poisoning and can't move for like three or four days. Dang. And like, I know, I mean, you living down in Florida, like when I go down to the beach, like I lather up with some sunscreen oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've gotten some bad burns that like my ideal situation to get stranded someplace would probably be an island or whatever. But then that's with having sunscreen. I haven't even thought about like what it's like to not have even just a, a little thing like that, that you wouldn't normally think of as a necessity, like how your For body sure. gets used to it and how you would have to, you know train your body to kind of handle it. Cause I know like once I, you know, I'm down at the beach I normally get a sunburn the very first time I, you know, summer comes around or I go down to the yeah. beach or something like that. I'll get a little bit burnt, but then my skin's good the rest of the summer. Like I almost yeah. don't have to use sunscreen the rest of the summer just cause it gets that nice base tan and now I'm good to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that you're right though. It, it like I said, we already talked about it. The, the, the information that you can gather is good from like books and shows and like TV and movies and stuff like that. But the reality shows give you a little bit more of the gritty while it's, you still know that, okay, look, there's like, there's a camera crew following. Like if they start to drown, somebody's going to go in and save them. Like they're not going to yeah. die right there. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that that's always going to be in the back of your mind. So it's not going to be as quite as like, oh, well, this is a life or death situation. But to go back to Jake's point, like, I think that the more information that you have, the better. And I think mm-hmm. that ultimately every situation, every survival situation would be different. And you would only hope that you would be logical, make the right 
decisions um, based on any sort of knowledge or any sort of understanding that you had that you've gathered, right? That's how we, that's how we deal with any situation. We deal with it based on the information that we have of that situation that we've gathered already. Well, that wasn't my point. (laughs) To be clear, that was Josh's point. I know we sound similar, but I'm not exactly sure because I think that there's a lot of false information in a lot of these shows and can maybe give a little false confidence of like what's actually expected of you to do uh, or even how to go look for different stuff. Um, for example, the uh, Joe Rogan had a, a guy on his podcast that was talking about um, he basically lived by himself in Alaska and he had a TV crew that, or he, I think he filmed himself or maybe had a crew every once in a while that would come film him and the TV station, they were like, all right, we just want, you know, tons of footage of you cutting logs or tons of footage of you doing this. And it was much more scripted about, well, what do you think people want to see rather than the actual ways to survive? And I think that I do agree with both of you, like the positive thing, you have to actually believe that you can survive or you're not going to make it. But seeing one of these videos, because I know, I do it myself. I watch Naked and Afraid and I see them like whining and complaining about different stuff. And I'm just like, man, I could do that. <laughs> and that's, which is crazy. You know, they're going in that in way better shape. Most of them have done, I had way more experience surviving and they're struggling. And then I'm watching yeah. it on my couch eating potato chips thinking, <laughs> yeah, I can do that. No big deal. So, so I'm, I'm not convinced that, it's super helpful. Uh, I think, yes, mm, the inf- some of the information can be super helpful. Uh, but I think a lot of it could be, uh, I guess, not helpful. Or it's like you, you end up investing your st- yourself into something that you saw on a TV show when it's like you could just, you know, focus on the stuff that you do know actually really well. And you just cultivate that instead of so you're like, saying oh, that like saw, it, it builds yeah. up a, a self-confidence or a false right. confidence. It's just like, Oh, I saw, you know, how to build a rat trap <clears throat> on one of these shows. And so you try to do that instead of just like, all right, I don't know how to do that. So I dig up grubs or go I'm fishing. Gonna dig up grubs. Right. It, which would be, you know, a much better use of your time. So, I'm on the fence. I mean, obviously, I love those shows. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's entertainment. It's based, enter- it's, mm-hmm. it's based entertainment, and that's what it is. And and what I meant by like that was your point was the fact that like, and I think I maybe I made it, I made my own point is that having inf- <laughs> having information, um, just in general knowledge is better than not having any. Like, I, I would I would be go so far to say like any of us have a better chance of surviving in the wilderness, despite never having an actual like do or die, like life or death situation put on us. I, I would say that any the, one of the three of us would have a higher chance of survival than somebody else that has never seen a survival show ever. Right. I would agree. Jake, would you agree with that? I'm trying to think of the type of people that would never have seen it. And they're probably really good survivors. 
<laughs> you know, it's like somebody living that doesn't have a TV. It's like, oh, they they probably got. I mean, out. no, I mean, just think yeah. about, just think no, no, about no. It, I, like... I, I agree. I, I understand. However, I think I learned more about catching animals from being a, a six-year-old trying to catch squirrels in my backyard than I did from watching a reality anything. show. Yeah. yeah. So, sure. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. <laughs> I just mean, like, in general wealth a wealth of knowledge about different things like i know how to tie a bunch of different knots or i know how to um you know make a fire uh whenever everything is wet or you know whatever those kinds of things like if you've never seen that happen or seen techniques or seen anything like that on youtube or shows like you're literally not going to even have the slightest clue now obviously it's very different from seeing it be done and you doing it but at the very least you like have an idea of where to start whereas somebody else that has never seen that would not they would not even know the first thing about like what do i like where do i start this how do i even begin yeah you know and i, I mean? think things like water that's been some of the stuff that's that blew my mind was like you know you look at a river that looks like it's it's rushing down the mountain really fast and everything across you know, rapids, whatever it may be, the water looks like it would be fairly clean. It's fresh water. It's running down a mountain. It's, you know, clear. Oh, I could drink this, you know, but. (laughs) Or the dead animal that's up the stream. (laughs) You know, that, that was the kind of thing that before I knew better, like it was just water is water. And then you realize, okay, well, there's like a difference between like pond water or stagnant water or river water or well water or ocean water or, you know, whatever that, that kind of stuff without knowing that information can get you killed within one day. Sure. 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 You know, so I agree with Jack in the area that I don't think that knowledge is going to hurt you in this area. I think the knowledge that we have learned from seeing these shows, even if they do instill me with probably a ton of overconfidence for what I could probably handle in that situation. I've also learned the basics of this stuff, which is like staying put in areas, focus on water, focus on shelter, focus on fire, like, I'm not going to go out there trying to make a beaver trap the first day just because I know how to do it. Right. You know, I'm going to be focusing on the most essential things because that's what I've learned. Even though I know all this other stuff, I have also learned in that to focus on the essentials, make sure that you have a place to sleep, a way to get fresh water, and then you're normally going to be okay and you can kind of start growing and experimenting from there. But I don't think that the knowledge of this stuff, unless it's just completely wrong knowledge, like <laughs> you can you eat this plant yeah. and you can't eat that plant. Like that kind of getting false knowledge in that way, I think could really hurt you. But as long as the information is correct, I think it's all right to have on your little backup systems. Yeah. All right. So now that we've all just disagreed on how to survive, mm-hmm. um, and by all of us, I mean just me and Jake. Um, why don't we take a, take a little survival quiz? All mm-hmm. right? And we're gonna we're gonna go through the quiz as if the three of us were surviving together, and we had to uh, we we had to c- come to a mutual agreement. All right, <laughs> uh, 
on the answer. Like we had to like, we're going to be sitting around the, you know, whatever the scenario is. And, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta decide together as a group because, you know, it's better together than separate. Right. So, yeah. all right, we're going to go through it. It's nine questions and it's going to tell us whether we survive or not. Okay. Perfect. All right. So question number one, true, <laughs> a False. violent, a violent lightning storm is bearing down on your high meadow campsite. You should immediately do what? All right. And then we have options. Option one, grab your trekking poles and stab them into the dirt to ground yourself. Option B, look for a rock overhang to hide under. Uh, Option C, leave your tent for a low sheltered spot away from tall trees and crouch on your sleeping pad. Or option D, have everyone move downhill and separate from one another. All right, so what should we do? There's three of us in a meadow, lightning storm coming directly towards us. Mm. We're high up in the mountain. Well, I think grabbing on to metal rods, <laughs> trekking yeah, towards. We're going to throw that one right out, I think. Yeah. That's I not going to ground ourselves. That's yeah. going to basically lightning rod ourselves, right? Um, yeah, I've, I guess I've always heard stay away from tall trees and get to low ground has always been uh, things I've heard because, yeah, that's where lightning is going to strike. It's going to strike tallest. I would say I guess, with- I guess- uh, Jack's knowledge of horror movies separating yeah. is probably not a good idea. Not the best idea. No, we're gonna throw that one. <laughs> we're throwing that one out as well because that's just says move downhill, yeah. move downhill and separate. Well, so that okay, was, what, what good is that? So I was thinking a C was the one that had get to a lower ground. Yeah, and and Leave stay away. From, yeah, and stay away from tall trees. Right, the because one- sometimes have metal in them and things like that. Correct. Uh, the only other one that's even remotely. Uh, appealing is look for a low for a rock overhang to hide under however we don't know if there's one of those nearby right and on top of that it could be a rock overhang with a bear cave so well that's what i'm and this is where i'm worried about this quiz because i think this quiz is probably for one person i think if there's three of us like we could chase that bear out of that cave and take it right and and location i mean like if if we are in alaska or if we're in florida there's yeah, it's going to be... Well, this, this can't be in Florida because there's no mountains. So we we're, we can't be here that's, that's high, up, high up in a meadow. Can, yeah, but even the mountains in Georgia and the mountains in Alaska are very different. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I think, I think that... Here, yeah. Can we agree that we're we're getting away from the high meadow and, and headed away from the tall trees, right? Correct. Is that, that, is that what we're going with? Yeah. Okay. We so need an actual correct. expert. <laughs> so that, that, is, that is correct. And then it does say... That we should separate if there's time. It says separating the group redisc- redisc- reduces the risk that a single strike will knock out the entire group. However, again, horror movie style, uh, if we separate, one of us is dying either to a uh, a beast, yeah, a killer. No. We go down, we go down together. Supernatural. Maybe. Yeah. All right. All right. So, but we got that one right. That's that's so we're we're good so far. All right. Halfway into a week long journey across alpine terrain. You and your friends have lost the trail. What's your next move? All right. So we mm. we're on a, we're in a week long journey. Right. It's halfway through. We lost the trail. Do we uh, a shortcut cross country back towards the path to avoid wasting daylight? B retrace our steps to the last known landmark. C stop pitch our tent and start signaling for help. 
D, climb to the top of the nearest peak to get a better view. This goes now, to our first thing. I was going to say, now, according to Jake, the answer is C, we stop, we pitch our tent, and we start signaling for help. But we send Jack out on his carriage <laughs> <laughs> because I know he wants to. Well, I'm curious, Jack, are you more for the retracing your steps to get back to the trail or are you like me and go um, north, east, southwest? Yeah, if we just cut straight over that way, we're going to hit the trail. <laughs> I don't think in this scenario, I don't think the north – I mean, we're assuming we don't have a compass, right? I'm, I'm get, I mean, I don't know why we wouldn't, but they're not telling us that we do. So – but, I mean, I mean, you know, northeast, south, and west without a compass. I mean, fairly well, right? Not in the middle of the woods. What do you mean? You really? go by the sun, or or where the moss grows, what or the ant hills. Yeah. <laughs> what How do you not know all this? Wait, time out, time out. <laughs> what if there's no ant hills? What if there's no moss? And what if it's super cloudy, or it's dark? Well, they said that it's not dark in the question. They didn't say that. Yes, they did. They said before it gets dark. No, that was, and, that and was one of the, the that was the first answer, and we don't right. know what time of day it is. And what kind of idiot would be hiking at nighttime? <laughs> All right. Well, maybe maybe you you sleepwalked, and now you don't know where the trail is. All right, so so you can say so you can tell northwest uh, or north south east west, right? So you can mm-hmm. tell that. Either, Doesn't matter. Throw. Answer is C. So your your first reaction is to start sailing for help right away. You realize you're lost. Yeah, if if it says you are lost. You have lost your way yeah, from the trail. You've lost, you've lost your trail. Right. So immediately you start signaling for help. Yeah, exactly. That well, is the smart thing to do. I think it would be thing. way too embarrassed right. to start signaling for help <laughs> yeah, that early. See? That's what I'm okay. saying. Why That's do you care? Saying. At least at least you wait till the next day. Like, yeah. all right, we yeah. can't find all right. Week oh, week three and us being lost. <laughs> we need, like, yeah. Jack would way rather eat bugs than say he needs help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. So we're going to go with C, and we're stopping to Wait, wait, wait. Tent. But that's not what it's asking. It's asking, would you actually do C? It says, what's your next move? I, if we're all together, this is what we're doing. Because you're not going to, like, you guys aren't going to follow me up to the top of the, the nearest cliff, like the nearest mountain, because. Unless you could see us at the spot, then I think you could send somebody as long as right. people which stay, is what I was going to say. Like we, we're going to go with C, as in we're stopping to pitch the tent. We can start signaling for help, but I'm probably going to try to find the path. Yeah, venture off a little bit. I'm going to explore. I'll get back at least to within there. At least within, there. like, you know, can you two. hear me? No, no, at least, <laughs> at least within, like, I can yell and you can yell back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at least within that, that distance. So we're going to go with C. Mm-hmm. It's incorrect. Yeah. It is incorrect. Ooh. They are saying that C is not right. You should just, what is it, backtrack? It is backtrack. Mm. The answer is, and I'll tell you why. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> let's just go on to the next question. Uh, it says, you have company, supplies, and gear, so solve this yourself. If you're still off the trail after a day or two, try C. Mm. following option a is a major reason hikers get lost so shortcutting back yeah yeah but, okay so i I, w- I would like to 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 say though that they all right so it did it does say that we're we're in a week-long journey so i guess we could have assumed that we did have supplies and gear but that wasn't really told yeah. in the question so i kind of I, I I don't know. I don't really want to no, take. No, I mean we were both saying that, that and we're not we going to die. Both in, of them. We're yeah. not going to die in choice C. It's just 
No. They say there's a better choice. And that's, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, okay. okay, cool. All right, so next question. All right, the most common avalanche snow condition is what kind of snow? Hard pack snow, wet slushy snow, old wind crusted snow, or fresh wind drifted snow? So we're all born in Florida. <laughs> I believe it's D. Fresh wind drifted snow? I believe so. I thought, and I could be wrong, but I thought that it was whenever it's hard packed on top. But like, like so basically it was kind of warm and it started to get a little slushy, but then it got cold. And so like the top layer is really like hard packed. Heavy, yeah. And then when it breaks, like the whole thing is super loose underneath. I've only seen snow like twice in my whole life. Well, I so. grew up in snow, <laughs> right, but so, not in avalanche snow. Yeah, so I, I will take you on this. I have a question Yeah, from the last question. I know. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did it say how many days we had been hiking? No, it it said week long, and it was halfway through. Okay, so you're six days through, and then... What? No, week it's long. It's a week long through. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And you're halfway through, yeah, so yeah. we're at three days. Three days, three. yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, okay. Interesting. Continue. Yeah, I mean, I I got I got what they're saying. I just I, I guess we should have assumed that we had there there we, we had. Well, support. we all said that there's but, no way we'd signal for help on day one. Right, right. So right. we couldn't really pick that one because we said that we there's no way we'd signal for help after being lost for an hour. True, yeah. like, true. We would have tried to find our way a little bit and then eventually just for our own ego's sake. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what do you think? Hard hard packed snow, wet slush, or fresh wind drifted? I want to say it's hard packed. I don't. I have, I have no idea. So Josh said D. You said A. A. And you, yeah. The wet, wet slush. I don't think wet slush because it's too heavy. Hard packed is like when it's. I don't think it's wind fresh wind drift. Oh, every time you see the avalanche, it looks like giant sheets are sliding down. So yeah, right, I'm gonna go with hard pack. Nope, nope. It is. You're right. It's uh, it's most avalanches occur during shortly after storms. And areas where wind drift has created pillows of wind stiffness. So, you know, okay, I've so it, missed I missed a question. Right. You've missed a question. Josh is the only one alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we've learned. <laughs> I, but no, listen, I was right though. It just I didn't know that that's what that answer was because it says it has created pillows of wind stiffened snow overlying weak unconsolidated layers. So I was right. This is why I said I just didn't know that that's what that meant. You okay. know what I love. That Jack, when he gets questions wrong, he still says, "Oh, it's cool. I'm so right." <laughs> no, I mean that's what I did. <laughs> I literally that's what I want to do every that. test for the rest of my life. Yeah, I know I got it wrong, but yeah, I'm right. <laughs> I did say that though. Did I not say that? I definitely said that. You definitely said that. All right, all right. Your partner or one of us goes missing after a few hours of searching. You find him dead. Ooh. You know that there are zombies around. Mm. Oh gosh. What is your first move? All right. So the three of us are are uh, in a zombie apocalypse. One of us goes missing. Somehow Josh ran off the trail, kind of see a shortcut, and he's dead. And we find him, and there are zombies around. What's our first move? So A, run for it. They could be there any minute. B, say a quick prayer for the repose of his soul and <laughs> axe him through the head because he could come back any minute. Uh, C, cut a chunk out of his hindquarters to eat for later. It might not feel good, but it could be your last chance to survive. Dang. 
Uh, D, search his pockets for food. Cannibalism certainly crossed your starved mind, but since you don't know what killed him, you don't want to risk it. <laughs> Definitely D. D? Yeah. You think D? You're searching him for food, um, but and you're not going to eat him, so... Yeah, you search the body to figure out what it all has on it, if there's anything of use. You're not going to eat the body because if he was bitten or infected by something, you're definitely not going to do that. So are we... We're, we're, also we're, your we're, friend... We're cannibals. We're cannibals, so... Yeah, but if you believe he was... I mean, if you know there's zombies in the area and they're dead, most likely killed by zombies i mean if you could tell that they 100 percent weren't then you know Wait, what, you don't think, it, but, but you don't think b though you don't think we, he needs an axe through the head no not if it's your friend but he's gonna he's dead he's gonna come back and try to eat you then yes give him a fighting so you, chance don't so then you kill him <laughs> shoot me when i'm down all right all right all right jake we're friends think? oh i'll be the dead guy in this one all right you're the dead guy all right so yeah. jake's the dead guy we're searching him for food josh i think I think we want to search him, but we need to get out of there. So it's like A, B, and D are like pretty viable options, to be honest with you. Like you could See, just run, I would you could more just take the um, Katana chick from Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Just we just removed, him up. We remove Jacob's jaw, jaw and yeah. teeth and bring him along. Yeah, that's cool. Well, sifting through the pockets. Okay. All right. So let's let's start. Let's let's search his pockets. It's incorrect. Of course it is. They want you to yeah. put a spike to your friends. Hey. Yeah, they do. Say it's a little gruesome, but removing the head isn't good enough. You don't want your buddy coming back, and you're gonna have to destroy his brain. After that, D is up to you. So technically, yeah. again, why do we still- know that the virus is in the brain? Apparently we do. I don't know. Oh, this quiz is this quiz is rigged. I'm I want to I'm gonna write the owner. <laughs> Once again, Jack gets it wrong, but he's still right. <laughs> All right. And you say I All didn't right. agree with any A, B, C, or D on that one, so I wrote in an answer. That's and right. I'm happy right. with it. <laughs> the three of us are scrambling up a steep Colorado Fortinier in June. It's snowier than you expected, and you don't have an ice axe or crampons. You should Keep going for a, p- a few pitches to check out the route and then retreat if it's too tough. B, go for it. The snow will soften in the sun as the day progresses, making the descent considerably safer. Uh, C, slide right back down. Or D, retreat via the least snowy, least technical route you can find. So uh, just so we do a little shout out, what, what quiz is this? Uh, this is uh, this is from Backpacker.com. Uh, it's Would You Survive? Now this was made in 2018, so uh, you know maybe it's missing you know a few updated information like you know we have things to help us survive from 2020. But mm-hmm. interesting. Backpacker.com. Shout out to Backpacker.com. Your quiz is interesting. That's what we'll go with. Just in case you want to sponsor us, <laughs> give me a backpack. <laughs> Well, it's just funny because right. it's it's like I know in my head certain times what I feel like the right answer is, but then I also know what I would do because yeah. I feel like that there's kind of an in-between on some of these. Yeah. Where it's like in that situation, I feel like I'm able to assess 
the danger that I'm dealing with fairly well to be able to know like when I am in over my head where like I assume the right answer to this one is finding a the least snowy and least less technical yeah. way to get back down to a, a safer spot and not just let's run up the hill and see if it's any more dangerous. Yeah. Doesn't sound like the best idea. But then at the same time, I know if I'm on a snowy mountain and we're like, all right, we're not going up any further because it looks like it's going to be kind of crappy up there. I'm sliding my ass down a little bit. That's going to be fun as hell. And just going to slide my way down as long as it's safe. Like I'm afraid of heights. So I'm probably not going to do this in an area that I feel like is super dangerous, but I'm going to do it in a way that sounds fun. Okay. But yeah. What do you think, Jake? Um, we're, we're retreating, right? We're going back down. We're not, we're not risking it. We're not going to risk the biscuit. No. Yeah, I think, so. I think the thing counting on the snow just to melt is no. Not yeah, I don't a think you can idea. do that. And then also, we do, it's, it says we don't have an ice axe, and it's mm-hmm. snowier than we expected. Or crumpets. <laughs> yeah. Is that we what can't it's have, We can't have tea. It's crampons, not crumpets. Crampons. All right, we're going with D. Correct. It's easier to fall on a descent, even in soft snow, and you have no tools in which to self-arrest. All right. Yeah. Good. We got that one right. All right. Moving on. The three of us suddenly realize we're lost in a deep forest. What's your first move? A, follow the uh, closest creek downstream until it meets a river because rivers always lead to civilization. B, find shelter, stay warm and dry and wait for rescue. C, note your location and surrounding landmarks carefully, then Retrace your steps to the last point where you knew you were en route. So they're they're in all of these. They've seemed to assume that we could trace our steps, but if we're lost, that's to me implying that we can't retrace our steps. But maybe that's not exactly true. I just know if I've gone hiking and I've gotten off the trail, sometimes it's really difficult and it takes me way longer to try to retrace my steps. But those are just like day hikes, not nothing super serious. The, the thing about civilizations always downriver is total crap. Yeah, no, no, there's total no way that that's right. River, that be, there's not a civilization. Well, at it the it end says of it. a creek. It doesn't say a river. Yeah, well, you there's follow creek the creek downstream into a river. It, creeks don't always go to river. Sometimes they go to lakes. Nothing. Or go yeah, to nothing. And sometimes they just fizzle. Um, that's definitely, and that could be miles and miles and miles and miles. There's just no way that you could do that mm-hmm. and be safe. Uh, find shelter, stay warm and dry, wait for rescue. I mean, again, talking about what we did, Jake, that's like number one. But the problem is, is like, okay, so the question is, you, you suddenly realize you're lost. Was, were we on a trail where like, do people know that we're there? Like, you know, what what kind of time frame are we talking about before somebody's going to come looking for us off this trail? Right? Does it like, say yeah. how much supplies? No, it doesn't. It just says you're just, you suddenly realize you're lost in deep forest. Yeah. Well, I just like woke up and I'm just in the middle of a forest. Like, oh shit, what do I do? Yeah, you stop right there. This is your new life. You are now mountain men for the next couple of weeks until someone. I like I like the idea of notating the location and surrounding landmarks and stuff. But like, we're talking about deep forest. So, yeah. what kind of landmarks and and surrounding like? What I mean, we, yeah, what are we maybe. Notating? But what did it say? 
beyond beyond that. So you're notating your surroundings, but it doesn't say and that you're retracing your steps to the last oh. point where you knew where you were en route. Yeah, I I don't, I don't know that that's always possible. That's the I thing. Know. I don't think any of us have ever been lost. Like lost to the point that we're like flat out lost and could not find our way back. And that's why it's hard for us to imagine like not being able to retrace my steps. Like anytime I've ever been in the woods, as far out as I've gone, like miles and miles into the woods, I don't think I was ever like, oh shit, like I'm lost. Like I don't know where to go. Like I always felt comfortable with where I was at. Right. But I've been in places where I was totally out of my element that it's like, if I was put there and I know that I've hiked around that area, but if you ask me, how do I get back? It would be a real challenge. Like you need a lot of time. Like, okay. If it's a trail that you've hiked a hundred times and you get a little bit off. Yeah. You'll probably pick up like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that marker. But if it's like the first time you've hiked that trail, no way. No way, because even if you see it, be like, ah, kind of looks like the tree I saw before, you know, but maybe they're dissimilar. And then like even time of day that you see it, it may look totally different. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would so play it going, safe. We're going but, well, okay. But what would we actually do? I think that that's what we, that's, if you suddenly we just realize we're lost in his deep forest, I don't really think that there's an option for notating surroundings. I would be very surprised if they, they kind of, they say that that's the right thing to do to retrace your steps. Cause if you're just lost in deep forest, like everything looks the same. Like we're talking deep forest, everything is trees, everything is just thick. You can't really see up, down, left, right. Like it's just thick trees. That's what they're saying. That's my interpretation of yeah, deep forest. I feel like it's a it's got to be a mixture between the two because you got to know like we're walking, then all of a sudden we're like, shit, I don't think we're going the right direction. Do you know where we're at? And we're like, nah, I don't think so. It's like, well, crap. Okay, let's turn around. Let's try heading back to the trail. We're gonna try to retrace our steps if we can. If after like 20, 30 minutes, we're like, man, we're not getting anywhere. I think yeah. at that point or an hour later, whatever it is, that's where we're going to stop. So, I don't think that we're just going to go, shit, I'm lost. All right, we're setting up camp here. Yeah. Right, right, we're right. going to go like. We're going to try hey, to look and try to get back on yeah, track. Yeah. We're going to try to fix our mistake before we realize that we're in. But that could also make it worse, right? Like we've already discussed, like you could be trying yeah. to retrace your steps and going in the completely wrong direction. Right. And going so, further away from the path. But. Is that the look at surrounding and then try to retrace steps? Oh, like it says, like what we would do first, right? It says, "What's your first move?" Yeah, yeah. First move is to retrace steps. So, if I'm honest. Okay, so that's what we're gonna go with. We'll go with C because we're not just going to initially just set up camp, right? Not just give up and be like, "I'm lost. Yeah, I don't know what to do." Yeah, there's just yeah. not enough information. Like we don't know how much supplies right. we have. We don't know if we have a tent. If they or- say that it's B, then again, I'm calling out backpacker.com for just not giving us enough information for this question. So we're going with C. It is correct. If that doesn't work, go with B. Yeah. There and we go. That's what it we does say do. that A is a myth. So there you go, Jake. It is a myth. Civilization rivers do not always lead to civilizations. I didn't learn that on the Prove show. me wrong. Oh my my <laughs> river that doesn't it's not somewhere a river, end it's up a creek. In, totally different. Yeah. It says like, a creek that lit, that meets until it meets a river. Sometimes river. have like a million fingers. Not all of them yeah. go to rivers. I don't but think every river goes to civilization. I don't but, think so. But it's not every creek. 
Yeah, but I think every that's river the river. I don't think every river does. I think if you looked at actual rivers in the world, I don't think every I don't river. Know. I probably sh- I'm sure that I could honestly. All right. All right, here we go. Next question. Tweet me. Our group our group just summited a peak and some of our are some of us are descending faster than others as the leader, which could be any one of us, should you round them up? So options are, so like say the three of us are, are, are hiking and we're coming down the other side or whatever. And Jake starts to get out super far ahead and Josh, you're in front of me even. And maybe it's to the point where like Jake's about to get out of vision. So option A is nah, relax and enjoy the hike. They might get spread out, but all they have to do is drop back down the same way they came. Besides, you have someone we trust. So I'm I'm the person that we trust in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. B, uh, sort of split split the experienced members of the group to form two distinct hiking groups, which is there's only three of us, so no. Uh, C, yes, by telling the slower people uh, to <laughs> speed up. So I'm telling myself to catch up. Or um, just yes, keep everybody together. That's the safest. I would say D, just keep everyone within either side or yelling distance. I mean, keep up. <laughs> move on. <laughs> Tell yeah. the people what, you, what you're waiting on, bud. I've never I'm in a rush. I've never hiked anywhere. Like, I mean, even like hiking Pikes Peak and stuff like that that I've been able to do, they're all like, fairly popular trails so like yeah, i've never done anything so it's like i meant like on those kind of things it's, it's very easy if someone wants to run ahead so people want to lag behind because we're all going the same way we're all we all know follow the trail you get to the car kind of thing right. i would assume that we're smart enough that if we're not in one of those kind of situations that's like hey stay within like sight you know well here's the thing though and we're and we're assuming that like in this scenario we're off by ourselves right um you know you split up you increase the chance that like something happens to either the person in the back the person in the front like what if jake's out of out of sight and a mountain lion is like around the corner and Mm -hmm. uses that opportunity to jump on him because he's not with a group of people you know what i mean or the person in the in the back slips and falls down the trail and before you realize because you're in front of me you realize I'm off the trail and down the hill. Maybe I have a broken leg and like I tried to call out to you, but like hit my head and got knocked out. Like, and you don't know it. So then now all of a sudden you look back and I'm just missing. Mm-hmm. I think we keep everybody together. Yeah. Agreed. I agree. Sure. That is correct. All right. Dividing the group into two parties or multiple parties reduces your pool of potential rescuers in the event of an emergency. Yep. Excellent. And letting no letting the group string out along the path increases the risk that someone will make a wrong turn or something might happen. Always keep them tight. Boom. We got it. We're surviving. All right. Two more questions. While crossing a class class three pass, you encounter a cliff that requires sketchier rock climbing moves than you expected. What now? All right. Go a, home. Look for a route that avoids the hazard or turn back. Mm-hmm. B, buck up and climb on. Buck Two down. minutes and you'll be in the clear. <laughs> C, make a cell call to your spouse and tell her what you're going to try. <laughs> or D, rig a safety line with tent cord or your bear bagging rope. I mean, this is pretty obvious, right? And then look for a route. Yeah, and then hey, y'all, it. watch this. 
Like, hell no. route that avoids it's, a hazard or it, it says it says it's like scarier than it looks it doesn't mean that you don't have the skill to do it it says that requires sketchier rock climbing moves than yeah. you expected they're sketchier but is it maybe you are a world renowned climber if i'm a world renowned climber and there's a there's a a, a a maneuver that looks sketchier than i expected to me i probably can't handle it because <laughs> <laughs> if i'm a world renowned yeah. i've probably seen most things just saying, I don't. I don't think any of these other ones make any sense. It says yeah. buck up and climb on. Nah, I mean, what? You just just go go for it. You might die, but it's fine. Make a cell call. No, rig a safety line with tent cord, bro. If you fall off a rock <laughs> with tent cord, you're dying. Like that's yeah. bottom line. You're dead. All right, so we're gonna look for a route that avoids a hazard. I think we lost an opportunity to get some tent sponsors. let's get this uh so-and-so tent company i mean if it's their cables all right there's like tent cords and and yeah then we'll definitely go for it yeah all right uh that is correct unrope falls often solo are the most common wilderness killers so you don't do it all right last question the safest way to cross a raging rain swollen river that is more than hip deep is Barefoot, oh. w- with sandals, with boots on, in a wetsuit, with a life preserver, or not at all? Uh, not at all is the safest way, but if your goal <laughs> is to get across the river, yeah. Wait, I would assume says, you have to the- actually get across <laughs> the river. It's the safest way to cross it. Uh, well, not at all. Well, that's not really crossing it now, is yeah. it? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Definitely you want shoes on. Definitely want shoes on. If there's a way to have barefoot, sure. there's too many things you could you step on. Slip or step on, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like the life vest idea and the wetsuit idea too. Can we, can Neither of those things are going to help you. <laughs> well, a life preserver would help yeah. you when you float downstream. Yeah, to be, the nearest civilization. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, wetsuit. That's. I mean, all right. But uh, sandals, I. Don't think sandals no. would be a good no, idea. They'll get caught on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A boot. It's super hard to swim in sandals. All right. So the real answer here is that everybody knows that you're not supposed to cross a raging rain swollen river. Like yeah. that's like you know that, right? But the question is the safest way to cross it. So that's what I'm saying. A life vest would be the well, safest. I just want to. I'm going to want to throw this out there once again. Backpacker.com. <laughs> if the answer is not at all. I feel like we have grounds to sue. I think I think we should actually because if we are faced with this and it is rain swollen, and you see like hmm, you could. I mean, I've been down like lazy rivers that like took my feet out from under me. Yeah, right. A raging river, you would have no chance. More than hip deep. That's like literally up to your chest. If it's like you're not even going to be able to stand. I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, maybe there's a way to cross it, but not from any of the options that they gave us. Maybe, like, maybe there's a rope that you can hold on to. So, like, with boots and a rope, like, you can kind of hold on to the rope and then go. But, like, raging rain swollen river, the, the biggest the the biggest threat in those, not just the water, is the debris. Trees oh, yeah. and logs and stuff in the water that's being swept downstream by the current. Like, you river sharks. <laughs> oh, God. You get ha- halfway out in the middle and, you know, you're holding on to the rope and here comes a, you know, a six by six <laughs> uh, oak tree <laughs> and just 
dunk knocks you off. And in that case, you're going to want the life preserver. Yeah, exactly. Or the wetsuit. Or the wetsuit. <laughs> Can we go with the combination of a wetsuit, life preserver, and boots? Are we able to do that? Well, I'm not crossing it. Yeah, well, I'm not crossing it. Well, I'm not crossing it. We're just there on the side holding all our gear. (laughs) It's like, screw this. Are we going with not at all? We have to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what we would do. What we would do, the best way to cross it is to not cross it. Not cross it. I'm going with that. That's correct. It's better to hunger down for a rescue, retreat hungry, or wait for low water than to attempt a dangerous white water crossing. So again, uh, backpacker, I we went with what we would do. However, that is a very misleading question. Yeah, that's All pretty right. silly. So now it's time at the end of, of the level. This was the final boss, by the way. This quiz. Would we survive? Do you guys think we survived? I think we survived so good. Uh, no, we got, we got killed by that zombie that we didn't play. <laughs> oh, that was me. That was you. I, mean, we got by I you. took you guys out. Yeah. So right. we didn't survive. All right. And that was the most we, realistic question. I think, had. I think we survived only because I think the two questions or three questions that we missed um, were just bogus questions. Yeah. We, didn't, we weren't given enough information. And as like Jake, like Jake said, even though we missed, we got it right. Yeah. Naked so. ain't afraid. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. All right. Here we go. And the results are. Result. All right. Welcome to the great middle ground of risk. You might get the chance to pass on your genes, but those lapses add up the more you roll the dice. (laughs) I guess what they're trying to say is if we continue with our path and logic, we just might survive, but it's not guaranteed. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty good. Honestly, with those bogus questions, we got 66%, which was six out of nine. I mean, those three questions could have went either way. And I feel like that we're in a good spot. And I feel like I'm well, definitely more equipped after this episode to handle whatever life might throw at me in a survival situation. I yeah. think our listeners are too. Don't For sure. Because knowledge to... is power. Learning about this stuff will help you. So I listen so. to our podcast, unlike what Jacob says, which you don't need to listen or know anything because that's <laughs> My fi- what my- do I know about survival? <laughs> <laughs> Backpacker.com just said we would most likely survive. With questions about zombies. <laughs> yes, yeah. true. Yeah. All right. So one final thought before we end, because that was the final boss. We defeated it. I think we survived. We did a great job. Mm-hmm. What I want to go through for all three of us and... What is your ideal survival scenario? If you had to pick up, this is my life or death scenario. I think I want that one and I want to, I want to escape. And that's the one that I want. Josh, what would it be? The show lost. Where you crashed on an Island with, with, uh, what was a plane crash on an Island? Yeah. Uh, There's no other people around. It's just you. That's cool. As long as it's like a gorgeous Island like that. Like okay, that's so the kind of place that I could live out the rest of my life. I, so you're not trying to escape. Old. You're just trying to survive and live. Swiss family. Robinson yeah. If style. I wanted to escape, I would say like crash in Atlanta. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. No, if I had to crash the place, I don't do cold. I crash in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Does you, you want the, you want the deserted Island? Yes. What about All you, right. Jack? Me? I, I, I mean, unfortunately, I, I have to go um, with the same thing. I want, uh, I want, I want the deserted island. I think there's a lot. Uh, 
you know, at the end of the day, if you end up not getting rescued, it's fine. Like, you know, you can Robinson Crusoe it and you're, you're good. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's probably going to be some pirates that show up at some point. You're going to have to fight. Like it's, it's no big deal. Or or join them. And then you could end up back in the mainland after a a, a five year at sea hiatus of being a pirate. Mm -hmm. I definitely would go with, uh, with deserted Island. I think that fishing, hunting, you know, using uh, coconuts as, as uh you know clothing i i think that it's all it's all up there it's easy mm-hmm. easy what about you, Jake? you both you guys are idiots <laughs> that's all i gotta say all right, all right, what well. are you that seems like like a, a horrible place to try to survive it's so hard to find fresh water because everything you, you even dig is going to be like salt water. what do you mean you gotta just boil it you boil the water and sift it you're good yeah. coconut that's so easy to do yeah so easy. Oh my gosh, you guys are idiots. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> what about you? Like a sort of um like mountains in Georgia type thing because it's what I'm used to. I know the plants, I know the animals, I know what I can find. Um I know So he's getting lost on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Yeah. So that would make so much more sense because it's stuff that I've actually seen and experienced. I don't think Josh has much experience on a deserted on a island. Deserted island. I all I hear, all I hear right now is you going wah wah wah. <laughs> I that's all I hear. Yeah, because uh, you, you guys I, are idiots. That's what I said. <laughs> what do you guys? That's right. like let's go to a place I've never had to like. Yeah. That's how I went before. He lives in Florida. I live in Florida on an island. You live in clear water. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's on the Gulf, man. Yeah. That that I got alligators here. I got Florida man, Florida woman. I got all kinds of things I gotta survive. I have the worst drivers in the country here. Yeah. I have the (laughs) the third worst water in the country here. I mean, I got all kinds of things. I'm I mean, come on. Okay. Yeah, you both Carol are right. Baskin. Yeah, Carol Baskin. <laughs> I got yeah. Carol Baskin twenty minutes down the street. <laughs> All right, All right. So it's a wonder I haven't been fed to a tiger yet. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. <laughs> All right. But anyways, well, all right. Now that now that we know, yeah. Jake thinks we're idiots. He's never going to be on the show again. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, <laughs> um, where the the much uh, asked for guest will never appear as a guest again. Uh, but thank you for your insight, Jacob. Uh, yep. I think we we learned that um, <laughs> uh, y- you, uh, in your experience in the Amazon, uh, which actually was very interesting. So thanks for sharing. Uh, super Appreciate cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, th- I had a lot of fun talking about survival uh, and, uh, of course, the quiz being the final boss. But as usual, uh, you can find us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you're listening right now. Um, we also have Instagram and Twitter. If you haven't followed us there, please do so. And you can ask us or tell us how stupid and or smart we are, depending on the answers that we've already given. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and if you have any other suggestions for the show, please let us know. And uh, from all of us at the Bonus Level Podcast, plus our highly esteemed guest that will never be returning, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening and uh, have a great week. Later, taters. Love ya.